Amen. So let's read Psalm 119, 105 together. It says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. And this is probably very familiar to everyone here. Um, and it seems very, very basic, very simple. Um, but I was studying and asking the Lord and, and you know, sometimes... Pastor Sandoval, you have to go back to the basics. Sometimes we don't have to say, God, you've got to give me something huge and revelatory in order to feed your people. It's not about what anyone thinks about the word that God gives the minister to deliver. It's about what does God want to be delivered. And so this is on my heart because I'll be a little transparent there is, um, there is something that I, I really am desiring from the Lord, um, and it's not a third child. <laughs> Just want to make that clear. Um, but there is something that I, I really want. I, I, I really want. I want to pursue it. I want to go forward with it. Um, but I also understand that I have to seek God on it first. And until I get a clear answer, I cannot move forward on it. And so I have sought counsel on this, and I have been given a word, which is basically to wait on the Lord. And if it is God's will, he'll confirm it. And so I have a word from the Lord, but it's not the word that I'm seeking, but it is a word. And it may not be the word that I want to hear right now. It may not have been the answer I was hoping to get right away. Nevertheless, that is still a word from the Lord that if I will embrace, it will be a lamp to my feet and it will be a light to my path. It will illuminate this waiting period for me and allow me to see clearly so that I don't make any moves that will take me out of the hands of God. So, the Lord's word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. When I read this, I've got to read it as, God, I didn't write this, but I'm going to speak it as if I'm, I'm writing this, that this is my words I'm speaking to you, that I acknowledge that your word is something that I need to guide my feet and to allow me to see the path. Amen? Amen. So the word here is actually referring to the word itself, to what is said, what is spoken. And so when God speaks a word to us, it is like a, a lamp something, a source of light that illuminates an area. And it's illuminating my feet. Wherever I step, God's word is illuminating to me so that I don't misstep and step into a trap or step and stumble over something that I couldn't see on my own. But because God's word, I've embraced it, it is now illuminating what is in front of me. And it's a light to my path. Path here means a beaten track. So I was reading this and I, I began to think about, well, what, what is my path and what does that mean? 
Because I think a lot of times what we want is for God's word to align with the direction we're already going. We're already walking in a direction because we've made up our mind that, God, this, this is what I feel. This is what I'm going to do. And so anything that I hear, I'm going to make sure that that aligns with the direction I'm going. We look at it as our path. But really what it is is if it's my path and God's word is illuminating my path, that means I'm walking down the path that he is leading me down. I'm not pursuing a path that he did not tell me to go down. God's word is not going to illuminate a path for me that he did not lay out for me. If God's word illuminates a path that I am traveling that is not his will for my life, It's not illuminating the way ahead so I could continue in it. It's illuminating the danger that I'm in and showing me the exit to the path that he wants me to be on. It's not my path. It's a beaten track. If I am on my path doing my own will, pursuing my own desires, then I am cutting a path for myself. This is a road not traveled. I'm the first one to journey that and I'm pursuing something for myself. But if I'm on the path that God is illuminating, it's a beaten track that he's already gone before me and prepared the way so that I know that I'm not going to fall and stumble into anything that he is not protecting me from. So a beaten track is one that's already been traveled. God's already gone before us on this path. And so if I hear the word of God, whether I read it whether uh, it is preached to me, taught to me, or whether God is using the gifts of the Spirit, that word that is going forth, if I will embrace it, what God is trying to do is he's trying to illuminate the area that I am currently walking in, whether it's in his will to say, keep going forward, you're on the right path, or to say, hey, hold up, Jeremy, there's a problem there, You need to look at your surroundings, and if you continue forward, you should see the danger that's before you. And if you look at where I'm illuminating, you'll see the path of escape to get back into my will where I want you to be. Because there can only be two possible paths that we travel. You're either in the will of God or you're out of the will of God. There's no in-between We can't have a foot in the will of God and a foot outside of the will of God. We have to be in this 100% one way or the other. We've got to be hot or cold. We cannot be lukewarm. And so there's only two possible paths. And let's go to Matthew chapter 7. Let's read verses 13 and 14. It says, enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who go in by it, because narrow is the gate, and difficult is the way which leads to life, and there are few who find it. 
So there's two possible paths that we can be on. One of those paths is a wide path. It's a broad way that leads to destruction. The other path is very narrow, and it leads to a very narrow gate, and it's a difficult way. And there are few who find it, but that path is the path that God is trying to illuminate to us through his word. It is not possible to travel down that path, that narrow path, and to enter through that narrow gate without God's word taking precedent in our life and us embracing whatever is preached or spoken or we read or God gives us a direct word, whatever it may be. I have to embrace it and it will illuminate that path forward for me so that I don't stumble out of that narrow path. But if I don't embrace the word, I will find myself on a path that is broad. I will find myself on a path right out of the will of God. So the word will reveal if I'm heading in the right direction to safety or if I'm following a path that leads me to destruction. I've got to hear the word for it to light up my path and I have to embrace it. Amen? Amen. Now we know that there's been some powerful word going forth. There has been some instruction being given. There have been warnings that have been given. And I think I said it on Wednesday night. It doesn't matter who we are, where we think we are, where we come from, where we're going. If we have a pedigree in Pentecost or we're brand new to it, it doesn't matter. The word that's going forth should be checking and shaking every one of us. There's not one word that's going forth right now that we can just shrug off and say, I've already got that licked. I don't have to worry about that. That's for everyone else here. It doesn't work that way. Because while I may not be struggling with something right now, I may find myself down the road a little ways later, and I find myself on a different path that God didn't set me on. And I can go back to that word if I had embraced it and say, God, I remember that word that you spoke through my bishop. I remember that word you spoke through the leadership that said, I need to make some changes in my life and close those breaches. And I can draw back on that word and that word will illuminate to me that I have stepped off the path and gone down a direction that God did not intend for me to go. Now, I want to share something with you that uh, we went to, um, we went as a a family to a cave not that long ago. I think it was October. Uh, We went to a cave up in Bernie. And my mother-in-law, she invited us and my wife's brother and his family. And we went to this cave. And I can't tell you the name because it doesn't have one. It's called the Cave with No Name. Um, it was pretty cool. Anyone here ever been? Nope, the only cave dwellers here. Okay. Uh, we went to this cave, and it was, it was a really cool experience. Um, we took a tour. We went deep down into this cave, which was discovered in, like, the early 1900s by three kids. And they were very young. 
And if you look at this, this cave as you're going through, they show you where these kids found the entrance to the cave, which was a hole in the ground in the middle of some rocks. And it just, it's a straight drop, about 100 feet down. So how these three uh, kids, two girls and a boy, uh, I'm sorry, two boys and a girl, how they found their way down that hole and got out and told everybody about it, it's, it's amazing. Um, but we went deep down into this cave. And <clears throat> when we got down to the bottom, uh, it was, uh, obviously they've, they've run electricity all throughout this thing, so you can take this tour and you have light and you can actually enjoy the cave. So this cave is illuminated while you're in it. Everywhere you go, there is light uh, along a path that is leading you exactly where the tour guide wants you to go. He can point and say, watch your step here because you can see the danger. He just wants to alert you to it. But the light is showing you where to be careful to step. But there was a part of the, excuse me, there was a part of the tour where he said, okay, everybody, I want you to gather around and I want you to brace yourselves because uh, we're going we're gonna to have a little fun. And he is standing by an electrical box. And he says, all right, everybody, get ready. He reaches down and he flips a switch and all the lights in the cave turn off. Every single light. If you are afraid of the dark, I don't recommend going. <clears throat> it was so dark in that cave. I have never experienced what total darkness is until that moment. You cannot see anything in front of your face. He'd tell you, put your hand up in front of your face. You cannot see your hand. And you know that your eyes are open. But you cannot see what is directly in front of you. You can touch your face with your hand. You cannot see your hand. That is how dark it is in the depths of that cave. And so... I started thinking about that when I was uh, considering this, this scripture, that if I am refusing to embrace God's word, then I'm, in, I'm refusing to embrace the light that is illuminating my path. And so if there is a void of God's word in my life, if there's a void of me embracing God's word, consuming God's word, loving God's word, then that means that there is a void of light in my life, and what is happening is it's beginning to be consumed with darkness to the point that if I continue to push the word away, continue to reject it and ignore it, what will happen is I will find myself in total darkness. And so I thought about if, if the tour guides had asked, would anyone be willing to volunteer to be dropped into this cave and to explore your way out with no light. Would anyone be willing to do that? Absolutely not. Because the chances of you finding an escape out of that cave in total darkness are pretty much zero. But if they said, would you like us to leave you down here in the cave and we'll give you a source of light and you can explore and you can find your way out? Because that light will illuminate the path that we've cut through here, the concrete sidewalks that we've poured through here. You'll be able to find your way out. Would you like to do that? No, I still wouldn't do that. <laughs> but the point is, if I have just a little bit of light, 
it will illuminate that cave. And the man actually pulled out a lighter out of his pocket when it was pitch black and turned on that small flame about half an inch tall, and it lit up that entire cave. You could see the ceiling, you could see the walls, you could see down the way with just that small source of flame. And so if just a little bit of embracing the word brings a little bit of clarity and a little bit of light to the path that I'm walking, and it begins to direct me back in the way that I need to go, but if I were to snuff out that light again... I'm going to find myself lost, not having any idea what direction to turn. So the absence of God's word and or my refusal of God's word will lead me into darkness. We have to have God's word illuminating our paths and our lives. Amen. We cannot take his word for granted. We are feasting at a, 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 a table. We're feasting. And the thing about feasting is you don't realize how good you have it till you don't have it anymore. When you're feasting, everything's great. There's not a worry in the world because there's more than enough for you. You don't have to search for it. You don't have to hunt for it. You don't even have to say, man, I wish I would have just, we hadn't run out of that. Because when you're feasting, you don't run out. When you prepare your Thanksgiving feast, how many of you run out of everything? It very rarely happens. Usually you have leftovers for days and you're saying, God, I wish I didn't have all this leftovers. I'm getting sick of this turkey. There's only so many turkey sandwiches I can eat. When you're feasting, you don't realize how good you have it. But the moment it's taken away, you understand just how fortunate you were to be able to sit at a table with that much before you. And so God is laying out a table and he's, he's just prepared these massive meals for us that require more than just sitting down once. We need some seconds, brother Brent, or Pastor Brent. Amen? We need some seconds and thirds. I'm going back for more. Let's go to Jeremiah chapter 6 and verse 16. It says, thus says the Lord... Stand in the ways and see, and ask for the old paths where the good way is, and walk in it. Then you will find rest for your souls. And so, I'm going to break down a couple words here, and and this will be our last set of scriptures. But thus says the Lord, stand in the ways and see. What's what's happening here is, is God is using the prophet Jeremiah to speak to the tribe of Benjamin and he's telling them to flee and and to get away and not go to Jerusalem, but to go to another city um, about 12 miles away from Jerusalem. And he's trying to spare them. Um, But the Lord is saying here, stand in the ways and see. 
the ways here, the word ways, it means a road that is trodden. So it's very similar to that word paths from Psalm 119. A beaten track or a road trodden. Stand in the road that is trodden and see. And ask, inquire, ask of the Lord for the old paths. Now paths there is the same. It's a a beaten track. Old there means generally time that is out of mind, whether past or present. It's it's eternity. Uh, uh, Sister Taylor talked about a vanishing point of our understanding on Wednesday. Uh, this is talking about things from, from old that are so far back and even so far ahead of us that we can't comprehend where it's coming from or where it's going. But it's only by God that we have access to these old paths. It says where the good way is. And walk in it, then you will find rest for your souls. So stand in the ways, stand in that beaten road, that that road that is trodden and see and ask for the old paths. Ask the Lord, who? Ask the Lord for the old paths. Not some new path, some new way of doing things. Not some path that I think I would like to travel, but ask God for the old paths that he established before any of us ever walked the face of the earth. What are the things that the Lord laid out and ordained? Those are the paths that he's asking us to ask for where the good way is and walk in it, then you will find rest for your souls. And in verse 17, it says, also, I set watchmen no, I'm sorry. We just need to finish the rest of 16. Then you will find rest for your souls. But they said, we will not walk in it. We will not walk in it. So those that the Lord gave the invitation to, to ask for these old paths and to walk in it, to see what that good way is. They said, we will not walk in it. So what that tells me is that they heard the word of the Lord to stand in the ways and see. And they got to the point of asking for the old paths where the good way is. And they were instructed to walk in it. But their answer was, we will not walk in it. So they heard the word of the Lord, but they refused to embrace that word and walk down those old paths. So those old paths... Because they rejected the word of the Lord, they cannot be illuminated to them. And what they will find themselves doing is walking down a path to destruction that God did not ordain for them to walk down. So as we come to a close today, if you would all stand with me. Our prayer this afternoon is going to be, God, help me to embrace your total word, not just a portion of your word, God, not just picking and choosing what I want to apply to my life and what fits the direction I want to head, God, but help me, Lord, to embrace your total word. 
that I can walk down the path that you're trying to lay before me, that you have already prepared for me, God. And if there's anything in me that is pushing your word away, God, and pushing away the illumination of that path, God, I pray that you would reveal it to me and help me, Lord, to align myself with you completely, that I may not find that broad way, God, but I might find that narrow path that leads to life. Let's lift our hands and let's pray this morning.